You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have not one, but two special guests here with us uh, all the way from Canada, uh, our, our friends to the north here, uh, Ava and August, they're the uh, founders of uh, CPI Capital and uh, good friends of mine. We've gotten to know each other uh, for the past year and uh, really great dynamic duo. And what we're going to talk about is um, passive income streams like multifamily, but they're going to have a different twist on it. Um, how do we invest in U.S. real estate um, coming from, you know, from a different country like, you know, Canada in this instance. And how is he able to pull investors into, um, you know, U.S.-based deals? They just actually closed the deal in Florida with our good friend Dan Hanford. So definitely want to hear about uh, that process. And uh, really just excited to have uh, both of you on and, and look forward to a conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us, us, Anthony. Yeah, thank you so much, Anthony. Sure. So talk to us about just, you know, your view on multifamily in general and, you know, in the United States and how it compares to Canada and why you're choosing to invest here. Absolutely. I mean, the the numbers right away, as far as the the type of returns and the numbers that exist, you know, the U.S. has 10 times the population of Canada. The rent to value ratios are much higher in the U.S. than they are in Canada. Many other, um, uh, you know, uh, components and 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 metrics that exist in the U.S. which don't don't exist here in Canada. Now, to maybe I can take a step back and tell you about kind of the progression and how we even started looking across the border. Because my background is in construction and development here in Vancouver locally. Uh, started out as a licensed agent 16 years ago. I uh, wasn't really good at being a real estate agent like like Ava uh, 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 was, um, but I was good at finding deals. So I started doing small fix and flips. Eventually started my own general contracting company, building single family, and eventually developing multifamily. And I was syndicating deals before I even know what syndication was. Uh, it was mainly my friends, uh, family, business associates that I would find a deal, bring on the investors as joint venture partners, and we, I would I would be oversee the construction process. But it, right away, right from the start, there was pain points that I noticed right away, which were there was no cash flow in, in ground up development. Um, and um, also the, the, the horizon, the timeline would be a long timeline because of many different kind of hurdles along the way, like city bureaucracies, public hearings, environmental issues, issues with construction, when construction began, change in prices and what have you. So, And also the, the, the Vancouver and Toronto real estate market is, uh, those are the larger city, uh, largest cities in Canada. Um, the, the market is very much uh, affected by foreign investors so something could happen in china and it would affect our market so the performance we had at the beginning of the uh, project no longer made sense and um, it was the pain points that i that i saw for investors who wanted to kind of partner with me or start investing in real estate um, that that was the impetus for us to look to the U.S. But that's a bit about my background. If you'd like to talk about your background, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was a real estate. I was a real estate agent for about a decade, and I I, I helped a lot of real estate investors purchase 
just residential real estate here. And, you know, by the time, obviously being in Vancouver with the house prices being so high, um, they'd always have to go on the outskirts to get just a tiny bit of cash flow and they wouldn't get much appreciation. So we saw this massive pain point that existed for real estate investors. Everybody's taught, put your money into real estate. But by the time I'd walk them through the process from A to Z, they'd get cold feet and they'd back out. Um, here it's just, you know, you have to have deep pockets to get into real estate. Um, you're not going to find both cash flow and appreciation. And, and quite frankly, with the cap rates being compressed here at a one to 2%, um, the average house price here being $1.3 million, people are so eager to get into real estate, but they just, honestly, there's just too many barriers that existed. So when August and I kind of found out about this opportunity that exists, the gold, I like to say that exists right across the border where people could still get into real estate, obviously by pooling their capital together, we just saw how many people that we could help um, be, become a passive investor, invest in real estate, receive that cash flow and appreciation. And we fell in love um, with the concept. That's, that's great. No, you guys both make a lot of great points. Um, so let's talk about the mechanics a little bit. So how are you able to bring the investors over into the U.S.-based deals from, from Canada? And how does the, the currency transfer process work? Um, I know we spoke about it privately uh, August before, but I'd love for my audience to get educated as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we get into that point as well, because your group is one of the groups that we're looking to partner with as as an operator on the U.S. side because of the performance that we've seen with your group. But yeah, getting back to kind of so when we noticed the, uh, the, the possibilities and the, the, the opportunities that existed in the U.S. side right away, it was a light bulb that went on. It was like, how do we get Canadian investors, the same kind of investor database that we currently have to invest into these projects? And right away, we saw so many red tape and barriers that existed, uh, issues such as double taxation. Um, uh, who would they actually invest with? Are, they, are the investors investing with a U.S. entity? Is it a Canadian entity? So we went on a six-month-long uh, journey of educating ourselves, yeah. but most of the content was coming from U.S. side. So a lot of terminology was different. Um, you know, offering memorandum is a, is, is, is a term that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, used all the time, but has a different meaning in the U.S. than it does in Canada, uh, amongst many other, uh, you know, terms and, uh, that, that existed. So it was, it, the education was very important. When, when I went and talked to all my securities lawyers and I, wanted, I said, I want to do syndication, they're like syndicated mortgages. They weren't <laughs> even sure what syndication was. Yeah. So, so the education was a very important component, but, but we realized that Larger firms were already doing this. These are large institutions. For example, the Canadian, Canadian Pension Fund uh, partnered with Graystar on the U.S. side to purchase multifamily uh, U.S. assets. So we're like, okay, the, 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 uh, you know, they've paved the road for us. The process already exists. Now, how do we go about doing that? And we also realized that there is a, a treaty between Canada and the U.S., which allows Canadians to invest in the U.S., and not and to be relieved from double taxation and vice versa for you, uh, Americans to be able to invest in Canada. Hmm. So we we, pr we pursued that and then we, we finally realized and we kind of perfected this fund of fund structure, which the Canadian investors would invest in a Canadian fund. The Canadian fund would invest into the U.S. fund that owns the asset, which also allows for U.S. investors to invest into the asset, which they would invest directly into the U.S. fund. The Canadian uh, investors would invest in a Canadian fund that's managed by us. So um, that's also uh, Canadians are very conservative. So if they're investing into a Canadian entity with Canadian management, there is recourse if something uh, unscrupulous was to happen. 
happen. They're not just investing with someone in the U.S. Now they're involved in international litigation. They're investing with a Canadian entity, with the Canadian individuals who have the track record here in Canada. So that's how we, we, went, we went about that item. But also... Uh, if you want to talk about kind of our educational of course kind of... of course yeah what we noticed here on the canadian side is because all the educational content really did exist in the u.s there's not a whole lot going on here on the canadian side so it was a huge um uh when we first got started it was very important for us to start educating canadians number one what is the syndication process number two U.S. syndicated projects, how is it going to benefit them? Um, and it's really funny because Canadians are really happy with a 5 to 6% annualized return. Like that's, that's exciting. Awesome. Gross. <laughs> that's exciting for them, right? So when we brought this kind of alternative investment opportunities to the table and we started talking about these above market returns, Canadians were really like, their eyes got big. We got people signing up right away and we're like, to make this work and to get a no like and trust so people can look at us as thought leaders, we really need to start educating them on what exactly is happening here so that they can believe in these above market returns. So August and I started uh, Canadian Passive Investing Academy and we realized that, you know, Canadians, it, it takes it takes some time like as they are very conservative, um, but they do kind of want to watch you and, and follow you for a bit. And then they do kind of jump on board because it is really exciting for us on this side of the border. Um, and then and then to go to the next step with us having this tax efficient structure that we've aligned for them to be able to just show up, write a check, sit back and invest. A lot of Canadians are like, wow, this is really incredible opportunity. Um, so we're really excited to kind of help people build wealth passively. Yeah. And it's a new concept, but we're getting a lot of traction here on this side of the border. And one of our initial difficulties was the returns that we were talking about. And <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the issues we were having is investors telling Ava, these are too good to be true, right? Like, right too the good bat. to so, be true. Bitcoin. So Bitcoin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so our lawyers and advisors right away, they're like... Take it down or not. Hey, you know, <laughs> even that's your... For, if, if your forecast of returns are like that 20% plus per annum, bring it down because, you know, uh, you know, uh, try to be as conservative as possible because we're like, that's what it shows, on, you know, on our, on our um, you know, uh, uh, deal analyzers. That's what it shows on our calculations. But like, bring it down so it, it, the numbers sound more realistic so we're not, you know, scaring investors away. But but we also realized that a lot of sophisticated investors, a lot of sophisticated individuals that might not be sophisticated investors like doctors, lawyers, accountants, um, they they didn't really understand the fundamentals of real estate investing, which which is that in real estate investing, there is a fine line between being a passive and an active investor. And also in real estate investing, you always want to hit the, the two main fundamentals of appreciation and cash flow. So that part, you know, it took some education and also kind of explained that there is a way to invest in real estate and be 100% passive and have a team that manages and oversees the whole project and for and and will will receive a portion of the profits that that the investor makes in most cases real estate investors are they they, they either work with brokers or advisors but the the middleman always gets paid their commission it's not relative, it's not performance based but but to, to kind of explain that process that hey this real estate private equity space is performance based so it's, it's been exciting it's been exciting kind of teaching and talking to people yeah so what so we'll go back going back to the returns what what returns are your investor network from Canada expecting or what returns do you represent that won't freak them out and you know um, and I guess the other question too is what you know what other asset class would they invest in that's gonna 
generate more than two to three percent, you know, return, you know, coming, uh, uh, being based in Canada on an annualized basis, like what other vehicles really are there or are there not that many to, to choose from? Um, is, and then that's, Ava, as you said, so that was part of the opportunity you both saw. Um, I'd love to just hear about some of the other options that you guys have, or maybe it's very limited and that was the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I'll answer your first question and then you can answer the second sure. question. The first question is, um, we just, we don't sugarcoat anything. We kind of throw it all out there on what the returns are going to be, um, which we did for our last deal. And now we've kind of went through the whole, the full cycle on our, on our deal that we just closed actually. So, uh, with happy investors, when they start getting the returns that we've kind of, uh, forecasted, that's where we kind of, they can show the investors that it isn't too good to be true, if you will. Well, we, have, we haven't got through that process yet for them to get receive those returns, but all our numbers, and I mean, as long as the occupancies stays where yeah. it is, as long as there's not a second wave of COVID, we should be on, uh, you know, on, a, on, a, on the right track. But we're, we're excited to be able to show those returns, to yeah, get testimonial from our investors. We're very excited. But no, as far as options that exist on this other border, I mean, uh, uh, to invest in real estate kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily buying a piece of property but investing there is there is mortgage investment corporations uh, which are um, wh where you could invest in syndicated mortgages basically there I think there's another term for it so that's one option REITs funds uh, but again these are all fund structured they're large institutions with, with, yeah. with extremely high amount of overhead they have hundreds of employees uh, you've got to understand that all the employees salaries come from the funds mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, uh, management fees the, the fund pays for those employees to be able to be there and that's why the the returns get um, you know uh, you can get lowered so much on us side there's so many groups are doing the syndicated projects smaller groups where they're buying apartment buildings but on this side of the border we didn't see that now there were groups doing development project ground up development uh, that they would syndicate their projects and bring on investors. Two uh, main pain points or hurdles that existed is the minimum investments were so high. Uh, in, in the best case scenario, they were at $250,000 minimum investment. Normally it was half a million or a million dollar investment that was needed to invest in these uh, ground up development projects. Uh, and also there's no cash flow. The, the projects yeah. could take a long time. So when we saw that, hey, we could provide cash flow and appreciation from day one, the next step was to, hey, the investors are there. We see that we see the market that exists. We see how much billions of dollars of Canadian money is being invested uh, into the U.S. Now, how do we now? Now our focus went on to the deal of, of finding the right deal for the investors. Yeah, right. definitely. And to answer your question about um, the uh, being Canadian and investing in the U.S., all investments are made in USD. So our Canadians actually open up a U.S. Uh, bank account and then they. Made, make their investment in USD and receive the returns in USD. Excellent, excellent. And then, so why, I think we touched a little bit on it before, but you, you're both focusing on multifamily. And August, you mentioned the importance of, of partnering uh, with somebody that has boots on the ground. Can you explain why you chose to partner on, you mentioned this deal in uh, Florida. Maybe you could just talk about that that you guys just closed. Absolutely, yeah. So, so initially when uh, CPI started, the, the plan, the business model was for us to be the operator. That was kind of we were striving to be the operator. But when we realized how much work is going into cultivating and nurturing relationship with investors, underwriting deals, looking at deals, we realized that the management part of the deals for us to bring on an asset manager to, to oversee the project currently didn't really make sense for, for, for CPI because uh, our kind of 
you know, uh, internally, our number one goal is capital preservation. Even though when we speak to investors, our number one goal is capital growth. But the first thing we want to ensure is not to lose anybody's money because we want to be in this game long term. We want to do this for the next 30 years. So it's important to have a great track record. So going on those fundamentals for us to become the operator, even though I've had a background in construction and development for 15 years, it didn't make sense for us to be the operator at this early stage. So the, the concept started for us to partner with active operators on US side um, who were in the regions we were looking to invest. So what are the top four regions we wanna invest in? Arizona, Texas, Florida, and North and South Carolina. Those were our top areas that we wanted to invest in. Now, for us to go there and create the infrastructure that was needed to do deals and be the operator, for example, in Arizona, that kind of restricted us to be in that area. We need to have the infrastructure, have the asset manager, look at deals, know the brokers in that, in that region. Um, but this concept of being able to find the top regions we want to be in and then partner with the operators in those regions and then um, to be able to, uh, you know, um, go through the process, we put we put the uh, the, the partners that we look to uh, uh, partner with. For example, yourself, we've been talking to you now for close to a year, so it's a very close relationship. We we keep a close eye on the on, on the on the performance of the operator, um, and also in our communication with an operator that we're looking to partner with, we see um, uh, how transparent they are. As soon as they're being opaque. That's a red flag for us. If they're discussing, they're providing investor names, uh, past performance. It, has there been a deal they've lost money on in the past? You know, in this business, it does happen. So th those are all the kind of uh, accreditation process that we put our operators through. But also what it provides us is sitting back and allowing our operators. Now, this is a great thing for us, but not that maybe not that great for the operator is that we can cherry pick the best operator and we can cherry pick the best deals our current operators have that present to us. So maybe a certain deal from Dan in, in Florida might not make sense. A deal from Anthony might make sense, uh, you know, uh, in Texas, and we, we jump on that. So it allows us to pick and choose and be very uh, dynamic in, in what deals we can, we, we want to partner with. So, and it's more beneficial to our investors. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it's like you said, it, the infrastructure and building that, um, building that up in many different states that you want to target and, and your investors want to target. It's definitely a lot of work. So um, I think, I think you guys are, are doing the smart thing. Um, you mentioned you started uh, Academy as well, educational. How can my listeners check that out in case they're curious? And is that a video Academy or um, is it, can they do it by themselves? How, how does that work? Well, actually it's a, it's a YouTube show that we've oh. created. Yeah, yeah. So you can find a read on YouTube, Canadian Passive Investing Academy. And essentially what we do is we bring on experts uh, and we discuss different things. Like for an example, we bring on uh, a lawyer or an accountant and we talk about cross-border. Um, we brought a U.S. securities attorney and a Canadian securities attorney and we got them to kind of discuss both <laughs> topics at the same time. So again, it was, it, was, it was the material that we saw that was non-existent and we wanted to kind of uh, you know, tailor our platform to provide that information. And a lot of U.S. investors are also um, uh, contacting us and, and getting in touch with us, uh, which is also great. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the, the kind of the, the academy concept is because Ava and I are very easy to get a hold of. So 
we, we are, you know, there's numerous calls that we get on uh, with, with, with individuals throughout the week that have certain questions about the structure we've created, certain questions about how is it possible to raise capital. So we, we haven't really systemized it, but as far as kind of, um, you know, helping anyone that, that reaches out, we, we do that as well without it being in an actually a course setting or a, 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 a monetized kind of process uh, we, do, we don't charge for any kind of calls as yeah, long as yeah. we have some free time we're more than happy to add value to uh, people that reach out to us yes and they're definitely easy to both get in touch with what's the best way to do so we're big fans of linkedin so you can find us on linkedin all of our contact information is on there uh ava benasaki and august Biniaz, or you can check us out on www.cpicapital.ca which is our website and where all of our contact information is on there as well. Great. And we'll have a link to uh, the CPI website as well as both of your LinkedIn channels in the iTunes description. And if you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a rating and review so iTunes can bring us up in the ranking. It helps my message get out and Ava and August is to a greater audience. It's just the way it works. So we really appreciate that and looking forward to speaking to you both again soon. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you.